Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear fellow redeemed in the name of our loving Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as was announced, our text for this meditation is from the scripture lesson that was read previously. Many of you will recall that in the 2000 presidential election, then-Vice President Al Gore had a difficult time accepting defeat, claiming the opposition party had stolen the election from him. He refused to acknowledge defeat until the outcome had been taken all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. And even then, many still claim that he had been cheated out of the presidency. I recall reading at that time a little article that tried to explain why he was so reluctant to acknowledge that he had lost the election. And this particular author said that he had actually convinced himself or believed that it was his own personal destiny to become president, that it was almost his divine right to have that office. After all, he had been born into a politically very active family. He had attended the right schools. He was groomed for political office. He held various political office, from that of being a senator to the second highest in the land, vice president. It was almost as if he had paid his dues and the presidency was owed to him. Well, soteriologically, Paul is saying much the same thing at the beginning of our text this morning. However, he is saying it very much tongue-in-cheek. He knows there is no such thing as a divine right or a deservedness to eternal life. But if there were, he says that he is among the most qualified of anybody. He was circumcised according to the regulations on the eighth day. He was a blue-blood Israelite, belonging to the tribe of Benjamin, the favorite son of Jacob, the very best of ethnic pedigrees. Regarding the law, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, an absolute religious zealot. He even persecuted those whom he considered a threat to his faith. His righteousness was without blemish. And in 2 Corinthians 11, he gives us that somewhat lengthy catalog of all the hardships that he had suffered for the sake of his Christian faith, from shipwreck and imprisonments to beatings and so forth. Certainly, if anyone deserved the crown of eternal life on the basis of works, it was St. Paul. But all of this is worthless for salvation. Not one iota of privilege into which he had been born or the merits that he might have accumulated would count for anything before God on the day of judgment. 
There is no divine right. There is no sense of human destiny when it comes to eternal salvation. And once he denounces his, his human merit as being worthless before God, he then rightly turns his attention to Jesus Christ. Salvation, he says, is a gift pure and simple. The only thing that recommends us for eternal salvation and life is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And Paul is very explicit on this in verses nine or verses seven to nine, where he says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends upon faith. So here in this text we have the two ways of salvation presented the ways of works and the ways of faith. And Scripture very plainly says works don't work. You and I know biblically, confessionally, and you will publicly pledge in your quia subscription at ordination that salvation comes only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But then the question arises, is that how you are going to live your lives? Is that really what you are all going to believe? Or will we ultimately begin to rely a little bit, if not solely and totally, upon good works? I think you have to admit that the temptation is always there, and it is always going to be there. The Greek author by the name of Plutarch, who was born in the year 46 AD, less than two decades after Christ's crucifixion, wrote a little parody on the pretensions of the socially and educated elite of his time called the Grillus. It is a dialogue between Odysseus the hero of Homer's Odyssey, and one of his men who had been turned into a pig. On their way home from the Trojan War, Ulysses and his men landed on the island of Circe, a sorceress. And she enchanted the men, all with the exception of Odysseus, and she changed them all into swine. And now one of Odysseus's men is named Grillus, which means grunter, and he parodies or ridicules the pretensions of people who claim to be superior by virtue of their education, their culture, their courage, their bravery, their morality, their sense of freedom, but who are, in a sense, consumed with sex, food, wealth, and other luxuries. 
And Grunter then claims that human beings aren't as good as they think they are. In fact, he says, animals are much superior in every category. And so I guess he decides to stay a pig rather than be changed back into a man. In our text, Paul is, is not parodying human pretension. He is merely saying, and with great clarity, that before God we are not as good as we think we are. Or whatever merit we want to put our trust in is simply not going to work at all. Whatever merit we may have, it counts as nothing before God because salvation is a free gift by grace motivated by the love of God for us. As Lutherans, we certainly give ready assent to this text, but sometimes it may not be that easy. We are always being tempted to trust in our works. We may be tempted to think that our lengthy theological education, which may have brought a little bit superior knowledge of Scripture and theology, that somehow in the final analysis should count for something. Then there are the sacrifices that you will make. You may be underpaid on the basis of your level of education. You may find yourself sometimes overworked. You will find yourself spending long hours, often more than any kind of 40-hour week. You will sometimes find that you maybe have little time for your families or not as much as you would like. You may occasionally have your vacations interrupted. You may be attend a lot of meetings that sometimes seem unnecessary and don't accomplish much. And even some of your members may be admiring your dedication and may even say, I think, Pastor, you may already have one foot in heaven, not so much for your faith, but what you endure and what you have given up for the sake of proclaiming God's kingdom. And on top of all of that, we live in a world that puts great emphasis on building positive self-images. Our schools repeatedly are telling our young people how good they are, how they are capable of accomplishing anything in the world. Our society is interested in creating a strong sense of self-confidence and stresses being in charge of your life or gaining wealth with all the power that it supposedly brings. And many of you may have been brought up into that kind of environment. And if we can accomplish anything in this world, why shouldn't we be able to accomplish our salvation? The appeal of work righteousness is that it puts us in charge of our salvation. We can kind of control it by how much good we do or how hard we work. It's hard for us by human nature to say with the publican in a very humble and almost offstandish way, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. To trust in God completely, I think, may be the ultimate act of humility. 
because when because it means that before we before God we count for absolutely nothing whatever good we think we have in this life is worthless in terms of eternal salvation God's mercy his grace and the work of Christ are all that we have to rely upon on the day of judgment but God tells us that's enough that's all you need you need no more and so may we in spite of all of the temptations to the contrary always be willing to pray that little prayer lord be merciful to me a sinner may god grant it for jesus sake amen